0: provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports, and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. I don't know what it is, but it seems like every time I get onto this podcast these days, I'm apologizing for not having done one in a while. But for those of you that follow me, you know that recently I got onto social media and went live and explained that I'm not going to do a podcast anymore unless I have something that I find really interesting to talk about. I'm not just gonna do it relative to the calendar every week, feel like I'm under the sword of Damocles to say something and just have some bullshit go out there in the cosmos and hope that people are gonna like it. And uh, if you recall, if you haven't done it, uh, look back to the last podcast I did And I thought that was an amazing podcast. And uh, that was the gentleman that was a movement specialist. I had the call to the Netherlands. And uh, really a great conversation. But uh, of late, there's been some interesting things going on in my life. And one of them is recently Hunter McIntyre. And by the way, since I brought up his name, I want to give him credit for having made his way into the games I wish him the very best. But anyway, he brought a friend over to see me. He said to me, he goes, look, I want to bring this guy over. You want to meet him. And I'd like you to do some work with him and blah, blah, blah. So I said, yeah, fine, bring him over. So in enters Ryan Fisher. Those that know me know I don't know much about CrossFit other than I know they lift a lot of weights. And uh, lo and behold, Ryan Fisher comes in the door. The guy's basically what a human fire hydrant might look like just stocky as hell all muscled out turns out to be a really great guy and i really enjoyed meeting him and i discussed with him the possibilities of having him come on the podcast and guess what i've got ryan fisher on with me now say hello ryan
1: hello i'm super excited to be here actually
0: (laughs) we've been meaning to do this for a while i'm glad we finally got it out of the box
1: Yeah, this is going to be great. So we have been doing a lot of stuff recently, and um, it's going to be really, really cool to see when it's all done and how the world reacts to it. So I'm excited to talk about it, excited to get a little bit into my story, a little bit into uh, the questions that you may have for me, and kind of see where we go. All
0: right, so let me just kind of paint a picture if I could. First of all, Ryan is not the tallest guy in the room. You know, he's about 5'5 or so, but he can do a back squat. I'm looking at stats and he may clear some of this up for me, but just to give you a sense of where he's at, 515-pound back squat, 315-pound clean and jerk, 285-pound snatch, Well, and he told me earlier, he cleaned this up for me, 600-pound deadlift, and 80 max pull-ups. pull-ups. It,
1: yeah. What Would you say <laughs> a minute and a half? And those that's actually 80 chest of bar pull-ups I did in a
0: row. Oh, God. Were you like just <laughs> sore as shit for the rest of the day?
1: No, actually. that was like at the height of my career, so I was pretty conditioned. It was very little things you could throw at me at the time that would ever uh, make me tired or sore. Yeah. And you know
0: what I th- found really interesting in all of this, we haven't discussed this yet, is that you did a 453 seconds? Yep. That's freaking smoking fast, man.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. I think I could probably still do one in under 60 for sure. I well, actually even more impressive was I had all those numbers and I ran a five oh two mile.
0: Wow. Wow. And then it says here seventeen forty five for a five K. Yep. That's all around badass, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, to. Was
1: all, I had some crazy numbers and uh I was actually one of the guys like when social media first started where I would like purposely do workouts that like rich froning and like some of these big huge names were doing and i would beat their scores and talk about it and be like "Yo, i just did this workout that so and so did and i beat it and this and that and
0: they must have love you for that
1: (laughs) oh yeah of course i mean i think that all the fame that i have behind me actually all started with hate and then when people started to follow me and actually see what i was about i think everybody actually loves me now and it's like a completely different uh it's like a total 180 on it but uh yeah, like I had actually won in my career the CrossFit Open, there's one workout that the whole world does um every week for 5 weeks and then the top 40 in every region of the world uh would go to the regional event and then they would take the top 5 from there and you go to the CrossFit Games. Of the of the all the years I competed, I had won first place in the world. I'd beaten Rustronia, I'd beaten, you know, Everybody out there who's ever won the games, like I've beaten everybody in three of the workouts, and all three of those workouts had pull-ups in them. So wow. anything with pull-ups is like my jam.
0: So you got to help me with. I'm looking at these stats, but I don't know that they're all accurate. What is your crown and glory? I mean, in, in, in the in your career with CrossFit, what is the 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 event that you shine the most?
1: Anything with thrusters and pull-ups. Well, so and then anything that's like super long.
0: So what I'm suggesting is you won the open.
1: I didn't win the open. I won a few of the open events.
0: Okay, but I'm 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 showing here that world ranking, the best that's showing up here is 15th in the world.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So that would be at the end of the CrossFit Open. I was 15th, like overall in the world of like hundreds of thousands of people who did the open.
0: Yeah. Well, that was the next thing I was going to say is when you say yeah, well I showed up 15th. But then you come back, and obviously enough, you're not competing, and I'm seeing your, your rank now. They're still ranking you 185,551 or some shit like that. It's like um, that's how many people are in the competition. So I don't know. What is it, a couple hundred thousand people competing in this thing? Yeah. So to be listed 15th out of a couple hundred thousand athletes that are trying, that's a that's a a m- monstrous accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that you see that go to the CrossFit games and even podium at the games, they don't even make the top 50. You know, so it's the the open is like its own beast all by itself.
0: I come to learn this. And so what's interesting about our relationship is that you know, you step into my world and we do a video gate analysis and this whole thing and I'm trying to help to um, introduce you to a safer way to run. let's let's go there first, uh, given that you've been having some trouble with your knees and uh-huh. and we did some corrections and got you moving better and such and such. I'm really curious to know if you started running some more, your times would drop.
1: I haven't been running too much because I'm like scared to run because <laughs> I have uh for those everyone out there who doesn't know too much about me, but my left knee is bone on bone. So if I run, and, I mean, let's say I don't run with the perfect form that we talked about, and I do it even just a little bit off. I'll be, like, limping around for, like, a day or two. Don't need Still that. Don't know if sometimes I want to sacrifice it. So most of the time I'm usually on the skier, I'm on the rower, I'm on the bike, uh, and I'm usually doing those type of things. I, I have a road bike and a mountain bike, and I, I typically ride my road bike every single day.
0: I guess another bit of uh, news for folks is you you have a CrossFit box down in Newport Beach called Chalk, right?
1: Yep, CrossFit Chalk. We're uh, one of the premier boxes in the world.
0: You know, I'll tell you a little story. I was uh, celebrating my wife's birthday this past weekend, and we were in Beverly Hills, and uh, we are hanging poolside with some friends. And a girl that we had just, I had just met, friends of a friend were there, and apparently she had been, they were talking about the fact that I coached, the, one of the girls that was with us, I coach her. She was making some comments about, obstacle course racing and coaching and things like this and apparently her boyfriend is really into CrossFit but he's also been doing OCR he's a member of your place (laughs) and I don't I don't recall his name I said yeah I said uh, Ryan Fisher a friend of mine down you know he's got a place in Newport Beach called Chalk she goes oh shit that's where he works out apparently you guys have even sponsored him in some events he's done I think he, I don't remember his name, but I think he he's a he's a highway patrol guy.
1: Oh okay, yeah, I got a few of those.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> small world. Anyway, so one of the things I wanted to discuss that you know you kind of alluded to it already, is that you and I got together and we mind melted on the concept of coming up with an approach to training that would be effective for CrossFit. And it would seem like such an odd thing to consider given that my background has nothing to do with CrossFit. But to me, it's a function of work. It's work, time, and the ability to stave off fatigue, right? So we started kicking this around, and a culmination of things occurred. So... Those of you that want to get a better sense of this, if you go to YouTube and you pull up, is it Ryan Fisher or is it under under chalk?
1: It's it's Ryan Fisher and it's all one word. There's no space. And uh, Fisher is spelled F-I-S-C-H-E-R. So it's R-Y-A-N-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. All
0: right. So what you're going to find there is there's going to be three consecutive videos where I got together with Ryan. We had Claire Thomas was in a day where we did some work with her. And we had a return visit where we actually brought... Uh, Hunter back in. We did some stuff for Fit Aid, but the concept was measuring metabolic cost of work on a rower. Which incidentally, that was a, a heinous thing to have to do is to be on that rower with that mask on for what it was about 10 or 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, that was pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then just <clears throat> looking at the cost of work. And so collectively, what we did, we we came up with the concept of training in a training modality that I think is very, very unique where I believe is going to be very beneficial to someone that's trying to improve their ability to compete in a CrossFit style competition. What's your thoughts?
1: So what I really liked about it was, I mean, in all the workouts that we do, and like, if you're the best athlete in the world, you're, you're going through strategy as much as you possibly can. And a lot of times, in these big huge events uh whether it's regionals or the games you have a little bit of time to strategize it's not completely random uh sometimes at the games it's it is random and you don't know what it's going to be uh but usually typically for regionals you have a few months like two months to prepare and if that is the case i think a lot of the stuff that you have planned out and that we've talked about and some of the knowledge that you've shared it's you can take all of it and it's like very practical to fit into like every little time domain so like if you watch the best athletes in the world you can see like you can see it on their face like they're they're either you know counting seconds in their head or they're stopping even though they don't look like they're tired or there's like very strategic markers in place and some of the athletes they go off of the way their body feels and it works really, really well for them. I'm sure some of them have some strategies going on that they don't really talk about and that's what makes them successful. But I think um, you've created like a little continuum type of a deal. Uh, it's kind of like that infinity symbol. I, if I, wanna, I don't want to say it wrong, but uh, you've created like a, a pattern that you can repeat and it's based off of all numbers that are measured through all through all of the testing that you did. So I think it's like super interesting. And I watched Hunter go through one of these things and it was super impressive to watch. And I think that um, if it's sustainable and you can apply it to, to the workouts, it's something that will be drastically helpful for everybody out there who doesn't really know how to pace and doesn't really know just how to get through a workout efficiently
0: Well, and with what, the least amount of cost. Yeah. So what, what, was, what was interesting for me from a challenge perspective to develop a program like this was... I mean, I've tried to break things down into the simplest terms, right? And so let's just say that go. Now the work begins and there's a series of challenges you're going to do, whether it's going to be box jumps, you're going to do a deadlift, a clean, you're going to do, as you suggested, chest to bar. But what you're doing as you're producing this work and you're burning energy, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to dig straight into your carbohydrate stores. And when you go hard into the paint like that, when you're going really, really intense into your carbohydrate stores, you're producing a buttload of lactate. And in the ability or the inability to release this lactate from the working muscles, it becomes toxic and eventually it'll shut you down. So like you were suggesting, these guys, they broke it down to like counting to themselves or something or intuitively trying to slow down or stop for a little bit. All they're trying to do is mitigate that lactate. But the problem is is that the longer you're not working, the further behind you fall, I believe, in competition. So what we did is we fashioned a method of passing into your lactate threshold and out of your lactate threshold and back in. So you're kind of weaving, as you suggested, in this infinity pattern to expose yourself to this lactate, but at, at a level that it gives your body a chance to interpret the the compatibility with it and the capacity to mitigate the lactate at a more efficient rate. So, we talked about this in that video. A lot of intervals are conducted where you go really, really hard and then you recover. And then you go really, really hard again and then you recover. And if you looked at these, the time frames in that, if you did 10 intervals, the 10th interval is going to suck. Because all you've done is just beat your head against the wall and beat your head against the wall and beat your head against the wall again and hopes that sooner or later you're going to get the business done. But making friends with that lactate, getting into a better position where your body's processing that lactate more efficiently is going to make huge, huge differences in your performance, I believe. And so what we did, for those that are listening, is that... I took your experience with the CrossFit, I had you fashion workouts that you know are very effective and highly compatible with CrossFit competitions. And then we took the standards, the traditional workouts, all the girls, I'll call them, those workouts and we threw them in there. And then we started to marry up these cardiovascular training sessions to those workouts in such a way that we're having better control over the work continuum, right? Mm-hmm. did I just blow that it's, any, you think anybody understood what I just said? No, I think they did for sure <laughs> so, basically,
1: I mean, for anyone out there who like just wants to summarize it, it's you know it's a planned approach into the workout of how hard you're gonna go and when you know when you're gonna back off. and I think if you know that going in and you can feel that going in, you're gonna get a better outcome versus. I'm just going to hit this workout as hard as I can and see how I do, which is what 90% of the people out there, 99% of them are doing. Right. It's a very rare thing to see somebody know what they're doing and when they're going to hold off and when they're going to go hard and this and that. And if you, if you never measure that and you never even remotely try to figure this out, it's really, really hard to figure out if you're going to get better or if you are getting better.
0: Well, and again, the other thing that was obviously a home court advantage for me is I have scads of data to draw from it wasn't like we got together one day and I just started to wing it and we just you know, thought, well, let's see what this does. What I did and realizing that not everyone's going to have an opportunity to come and see me and get tested like you did. So we needed a way to formulate a process that they can employ that would give them a pretty good sense of what their heart rate responses were and where that threshold might be for them. And so what I did is I, I pulled down a hundred samplings of athletes I've tested in the past. And I did not cherry pick them, look for just the good athletes. I just took 100 people between the ages of like 25 and 55 years old, 50 men, 50 women, and went through all of their clinical tests and just did the math on it and came up with a really interesting equation that works really, really well for getting a sense of where You're starting to get to this metabolic turn point. And once you understand what that is, all you got to do is stick a heart rate monitor on your chest, follow the process, and you're going to start seeing progressive improvements in your ability to support the work you're doing at whatever intensity it might be. So the cool thing about this for me was that it not only opened a new door in a training continuum for me, but it helped me to patch a leak in this book that I've been trying to write because... I've been stuck in the mud with trying to figure out how to fashion intervals in a way that I was comfortable, that it was unique, powerful stuff, and unlike what is typical out in the world. And by working on this project with you, it helped me get over that hurdle that I've been facing. So I got excited about the whole thing. Not to mention that I think it's just really cool to be able to come up with something that I think is going to be... Very interesting for that particular community. I'm not going to say it's earth-shattering. I'm not going to go there or nothing like that. But I'm just going to say those that employ this workout that we created, uh, when it becomes available, the majority of these people are going to see some really, really serious advantages that come from it. So, I think
1: so, especially because the way that the community is right now, there's there's not a lot of people in the space that are really attacking like this one particular part of competing, really, I, I guess I should say. Uh, there's a couple guys out there that are, you know, mainly pushing just aerobic capacity in general, or you know, just just weightlifting or just gymnastics and stuff like that. But this is like its own little genre that I don't think anyone has really touched at all, and I think it's potentially the most important one. Um, and I think if you're if you're trying to get better in that anaerobic threshold, I think this is the way to go.
0: Well, look, look. At the end of the day, we're going to be careful not to offend anyone. But I know that there are some people out there that are big in the sport that are selling the idea of developing your aerobic system to be a better athlete in this sport. And as a matter of fact, that was one of the things that Hunter threw at me. And that's how I got exposed to it to begin with. He said, you know, this guy, so-and-so has been, you know, selling the idea of Developing a program where you you're getting this aerobic conditioning and this aerobic conditioning is going a long way to improve your your functionality in the sport. Your lifts are going to get better and all this kind of thing. Now, and I, I would I would argue that you cannot improve your lift aerobically. It's an anaerobic sport. No, I mean I, <laughs> I
1: was gonna say I, I think that's that's something you can look up pretty easily. It's not even like a hard yeah it, a hard it, answer to really look up. Well, it's
0: an it's an anaerobic sport. And the energy pathway is a very powerful one if you learn how to develop it. And if you're relying on recovery in order to produce more work, it's just not what I would think is going to be a successful model if you're really trying to be a hitter in the sport. And, and you know, when I think in CrossFit, and I hope people out there are CrossFitters that listen to this don't be offended by what I'm going to say next, but in CrossFit, What you see is guys finish a workout and they're laying on the ground. They're puking in a bucket. I mean, they just beat the dog shit out of themselves, giving everything they possibly had. And there's something to be said for that. But to me, it's like banging your head on that wall. There's got to be a better path in order to improve your functionality and improve your capacity to produce this work. And I just don't believe that if you're going to be successful, the path to get there is to develop the complete polar opposite energy system. It just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. And that's why I kind of got onto a rant with this. I thought, there's nobody really that's looking at how do I really make friends with this toxic environment that I'm living in? And that's how all this kind of came about. So I'm pretty excited about it. I I know it's going to be met with controversy. There's going to be people that are going to have some not so nice things to say about it and I'm sure they're going to have plenty of fun taking shots at me for having done what we did, but I'm cool with it because I'm pretty confident that what we came up with is some very, very powerful off-the-charts kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think that people, once they do it, they're going to you know see the result, and it's going to speak for itself. It's not really going to be a big deal. Um, there's really no one else doing anything like it, and I think that to really compare it to someone else's, Programming or anything like that, I don't think it's really necessary either because it's, it's it's very unique, right? And uh, yeah, I, I just don't think that it's even. I don't think I don't think you'll see anything negative at all, to be honest.
0: You know, I used to work with professional boxers, and uh, I had a guy come to me once, and he was competing at a professional level, and uh, he was actually training in De La Hoya's camp at the time, and. His manager came in and was selling me on the idea of what a badass this guy was and how well he could do. He just needs some more, you know, he needs some fine tuning and so on and so forth. And they started talking about how, you know, every morning the guy gets up and runs 10 miles. And then later in the day, he goes to the gym, starts beating on the bag. And I thought, well, now let me get this right. A, A guy fights three minute rounds and you got him running a 10 mile effort. Um, Where where does the correlation between being able to sustain a 10-mile effort have to do with going hard in the paint for three minutes? It's a complete polar opposite energy system. I, I just don't see where that's beneficial. I mean, if you're trying to make weight and you've picked up a little bit of weight and you've got to strip off some fat, then I get it. But from a standpoint of being able to go hard for three minutes and knock a guy out, that's not the path. And it's kind of the same type of conundrum that I'm seeing in what I've been exposed to with CrossFit. And I think that by really honing in and understanding this mysterious energetic pathway, which is anaerobic metabolism, is the secret to to making people better at the type of competitions they're trying to compete in. Well
1: I think training in general right now, it's not just your space, not just it's not just CrossFit. It's pretty much everybody thinks that more is better always. So they keep thinking, you know, I need to train three hours a day. I need to train five hours a day. I think even the boxer, like for a three-minute round, I think I need to run 10 miles. You know what I mean? And I think that they hear these stories of so-and-so, who just, that that's what they did. But just because it works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else. And imagine if that person actually did know what they were doing and they did actually work with someone who actually knew what the hell they were talking about and how good they would do at that point. Yeah, nobody's going to ever know unless that happens, but until it does happen, you have some freak who happened to make some amazing accomplishment, and they look at their training program, and it's something ridiculous. Like, a lot of the times, that guy, Rich Froning, I mean, I always say it all the time, I almost feel like he ruined the sport across it, because he was the first person they put on camera, and they're like, what are you doing all day? And they have him doing fucking, like, seven workouts a day, and then all of a sudden, Everybody in the CrossFit world is working out seven times a day and like just beating the shit out of themselves. And as much as it worked for him, it's not working for a lot of other people. And a lot of people are getting hurt, and a lot of people were getting burned out. And the yeah. only reason that's happening is because you just you're trying to follow somebody else.
0: Yeah, and odds are it's not working for him either. Yeah, I think what happens a lot of times where athletes push the limit and just overtrain them, their bodies that's just fear. That They're just afraid that if they don't, that they won't have the edge that they need in order to compete. And having the perseverance and the knowledge to have a better control system over the amount of influence you put in your body and the amount of recovery that you require based on what you did, that's the magic. The old adage in fitness has been forever, you you don't improve while you work, you improve while you rest. And I know people, like you, you called it my space, in the OCR community that are racing way too often and training way, way more often than they need to. And there's going to be a dead end there. There's going to be a point in the road where they're either going to get injured, uh, they're potentially going to run into problems like Epstein-Barr or some overtraining syndrome that's that's just going to take them out for a while. And they're going to learn a hard lesson. And I might, you know, there's going to be, a, a, there's always going to be that that person that's be the, the exception to the rule. They can, they can take it, works for them. For the, like you're suggesting, you know, everybody in the world started following this guy's workouts, trying to do seven workouts a day or whatever it is. Um, you just may not have the the gumption to pull that off, and you're you're certain to get hurt sooner or later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a it was a big jump. Like at the time, I I remember watching the videos and thinking I needed to work out more. And I remember at the time I was like, I just don't think I can work out anymore. My body is just like toast. Like I can only I can only work out two or three times a day at the time. I would do like a gymnastic session, a lifting session, and like a hard conditioning session. And for me at the time, that was like all I needed. I, I had several people ask me like, why don't I work out more or whatever? And I'm like, I really don't think that I need to. Like I went to school for exercise physiology and like I had such a hard time grasping what these athletes were doing. Like I knew a lot about the body and like what I needed to recover and get better. And everything that I knew, almost, I almost had to trash because it was like everybody who was doing well was doing something totally different and they were in my eyes just completely overtraining, but they were better than I was. And I was like, well, how is this possible? So I, you know, I dabbled in the realm of, you know, like overtraining and stuff like that. But my particular body makeup, just, there, there was a point where I just didn't like it anymore and I wasn't, I wasn't progressing. So for me, I needed more rest days. So everybody I knew who was competing, they were only resting once a week. Um, they would work out six days a week. And even the seventh day, they were still doing some sort of like active recovery. And they were out there like swimming or biking or something. And I'm sure most of the time they probably did it a little bit too hard. And for me, I always took two days off. Like I always took Thursdays and Sundays off. And you took I've complete finished.
0: complete rest?
1: Yeah, I didn't do anything.
0: Yeah. How many hours a week do you train now? Uh, I shouldn't say now a week, per, per, out- per day.
1: Uh, now I, I typically train once, but sometimes I'll train twice, but the amount of time that I'm training is about the same. Like I'm typically training for an hour and a half. So So if I work out twice in a day, it's usually because I worked out for an hour and then I worked out for 30 minutes.
0: Okay. And the intensity high both times?
1: Uh, no, the second time usually is not (laughs) Or or vice versa. Like if I did a bunch of conditioning or something, like this morning for actually for instance, I just did all my conditioning, so now I'm just gonna lift. And then sometimes it'll just be lifting and then later I'll do conditioning.
0: So help me out with this now. In in your sport in, in CrossFit, what is the leading injury that these guys are facing?
1: Typically I would say like the leading one is probably like overhead injuries, like a bicep tendon or a labrum something like that. A lot of knee stuff too, like mine is a, is a knee injury. Uh, I dedicate most of that though to a snowboard accident that I had because <laughs> my other knee, my other knee's like totally fine. I still think I would be fine if it wasn't for that accident. However, yeah, I would say it's, it's, it's knees and shoulders.
0: Wow. And so like a torn labrum from just jerking on a bar too hard or something like that?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, as much as we squat, I feel like our knees and hips are a little bit, more like durable than our shoulders because we're doing you know jerks overhead snatches overhead you got clean and jerks then you got wall balls then you got you know this circular pull-up motion going on so a lot of jarring on the shoulder then you're doing toes to bar which you're hanging from the bar and you're you know swinging back and forth and jarring on that shoulder again uh all the burpees like all that stuff just a lot of a lot of shoulders going on and so i feel like that's like the typical overuse injury
0: well, with, with, the, with the knees, because the, most of those exercises are closed chain, you're attached to the ground, you're less likely to disrupt a joint. Like in, when you're hanging from a bar, it's, that's an open chain effort. You're just, you're hanging in space there. So your body's like a rag while you're, you're pulling at those joints. It's a lot harder to stabilize the shoulder than it is to stabilize the joints uh, from the waist down.
1: And a lot of the reason these injuries are happening is they're working out multiple times a day, doing kind of, you know, very similar efforts. Like a, a lot of pull-ups in the morning and then toes of bar later and then muscle-ups and then snatches and then, I mean, what the fuck do you do tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to yeah. be doing jerks. You're going to be doing jerks. You're going to be doing burpees. You're going to be doing more overhead stuff. It's like, come on.
0: Just scared. Just, even Olympic even, lifting. Yeah.
1: I think If you think about it, Olympic lifting in general as a sport, they only, they snatch and clean a jerk like every day but it's like five sets of one. You know what I mean? Not, <laughs> yeah. They're not really overuse injury.
0: Right. Yeah, no, no, it's exactly that. They're, the the amount of time under tension is so much less. I'm really excited to see what this program does when people get underneath it. it. would have been fun to get like 50 people and just say, okay, we want you to do this for the next eight weeks, just so we could, you know, just evaluate the process. I think that we would be... We probably
1: could do that. Yeah. I pulled that off on my Instagram. yeah. I think
0: so. We'd have to make sure that they were legit, though, because I, I want people to actually do the work as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, and
1: I'm not so, overdo it.
0: Yeah, so w- w- when do you think we could actually have this thing out of the can out there for people to see it?
1: Um, I think like we're pretty much ready now. I think that what we really wanted to do was create that video on top of it.
0: Are we going to wait for that? Uh, it's up to you. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, again, uh, I'm working in your space now. So, do you think that uh, that the program alone would would do well with the population or should we package it up with the running mechanics?
1: I think it works both ways. All I think right. it, could, it could it could work either way. I think a lot of people are p- pretty visual learners, so I think the video is cool, but I think that you could just read through it right now and and understand it. Cool. But you can't like breeze through it. you can't just breeze through it and and be good. You got to like really read it and yeah. uh Put a little bit of time into it and, and understand it. Uh, it's not hard to understand, but it's definitely it's not going to just like you're not going to be able to like talk to your friends on the phone and read it at the same time. <laughs>
0: no, you're going to have to think it through. But I think once you get yeah. once you get the flow, once you kind of get the rhythm for what it is you're trying to accomplish, it's it's going to start to make sense. It's going to start to flow. Right? We we use the word flow a couple times in this, and that was the impetus of the whole process: is getting people to flow through this work as opposed to you know, have these rigid standards of going to this and coming back to that. It's more of a kung fu move for for CrossFit, for lack of a better way of
1: expressing. Kung fu, I like that. Yeah.
0: By the way, anybody that's not seen this video of you doing the gate work with me, is there anybody left in the world that hasn't looked at that video? I mean, it was like, what was it, like 350,000 views?
1: I think the crazy thing is I only had my YouTube for maybe two months and I think the best I'd had was like maybe 60,000 views, which already was insane because for being on YouTube for two weeks and I think I only had like maybe 10,000 subscribers at the time. And to get a video with 60,000 views was like, I remember the guy that was I was working with to make my videos was like, damn, this is really good. Yeah. And we posted that one, and it hit three hundred thousand. And I was like, "Holy shit!"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, collectively they've done uh, between the 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 one with you and the one we did with Claire. We did three, right? We did the one with Claire. We did one and three yeah. on the rower, and they did the, yeah. So between
1: a million views, probably there's, yeah.
0: There's over a half a million.
1: Or yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, obviously enough people are interested in that genre, especially people that are tired of getting hurt. Powerful I mean, stuff. that's
1: where we're at right now. It's just kind of where the sport's at now. It's just, you know, the weights are so heavy. You know, everything's so intense. There's a lot of money on the line now, like, in, in sponsorships and stuff like that. So I think that at this point, if you are a competitor and you see yourself, you know, in the competitive realm, the most important thing that you can do for yourself is injury prevention and, you know, just dedicating yourself to the sport and knowing every single just every single piece of it and understanding like how to get better without um, what it, uh, it's like, what you like to say is like at the least amount of cost, like right. how can oh. you get better without burning the shit out of yourself? So I think this is the way to do it.
0: Now uh, completely off topic, but I, I have to close with the, this question because it's, I'm sure people in both sports are going to appreciate the dilemma. i will call it a dilemma. Hunter got his to the games and I know that he posted it and he's been taking flack. I guess he did a, a podcast with some guys down in L.A., Arm and & Hammer and those guys. And there are people that are bantering back and forth of whether he deserved a shot and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And you know that Hunter and I have been friends for a long time and, and I support his efforts. And, I, and I'm actually very pleased to see that he got what he hoped for. And he's been working really, really hard for it. With your experience in the sport, what do you think the the likelihood that he's going to do anywhere near what he hopes he can accomplish? Oh, it's
1: so hard to say because you just don't know what they're going to do. But I do think that he has the ability to win um, an event or two. Like, if it's something that's, like, in his wheelhouse, I think that he'll win it. I don't think there's going to be anybody who's going to beat him in his own game, which is the, like, long endurance cardio stuff. It just kind of depends. Like, if they throw, you know, a whole bunch of skills in the middle of it. Like, what if it's a three-mile run, but, like, every 400 meters you have to do 10 muscle-ups or something like that, you know?
0: That's his wheelhouse. As long as they can tie a running component to it or a heavy endurance component to the lifts, he's golden doing that. Where I think he's going to have the hardest trouble is where a lot of heavy lifting is involved because I just mm-hmm. think that his levers are too long. He's just too tall. And and, and I, every time I say that, somebody says, well, there's this guy. And I know there's a couple. Yeah, there's
1: always a couple guys.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's the challenge, right? It's a lot tougher to move weight seven and a half feet in the air than it is to move weight six feet in the air. It's just a function of physics, right?
1: Yeah, so, agreed. I mean, strength-wise, though, like, I think he'll be okay. It just kind of depends. I mean, some years they don't really even have like the max lifting is not is as, as heavy as you think, and then some years it's pretty aggressive. And then you know I've I've seen other years where there's endurance stuff is like huge. Like they had one one year where they ran like a whole mile with like a log, and then they you know did a bunch of rowing, and it was just, it was like this huge cardio event. And I was like, man, that would be like Hunter's freaking dream right there. Yeah. But um, I don't think that – I know he's getting a lot of shit right now. A lot of people are bummed about it. And, like, honestly, if I didn't know Hunter and I was competing back in like in my day and I saw that they just gave this to someone, I'd be probably pretty pissed too. But I think that in reality, he's not just anybody. He's someone who proved himself in another sport. And they were going to give this wild card to somebody regardless. <laughs> This is yeah. like it was just something that they that that CrossFit wanted to do, and I think that they gave it to the best person, honestly. Um, and I think that I think that Hunter's going to turn some heads. I think you might probably watch Hunter's Instagram or watch Hunter and see that he's like this ridiculous human being, which he is. But if you actually see how hard he works and you actually like know Hunter, he's he's I mean he's one of the baddest motherfuckers out there. Yeah,
0: well, he's definitely going to put in a hundred percent. He's been putting a hundred and fifty percent in his training for the past year exclusively dedicated to this outcome and he he, he wanted it I, I don't think anybody wanted to do it more than he wanted to do it i mean he he yeah. basically he basically shut down everything in hopes of developing this this potential circumstance what's even going to be more entertaining and what drew me into this thing was he said to me we had this conversation i will never forget it on the phone He's going, look, I want you to help me kind of get ready for this CrossFit Games thing because I, I really want to get this wild card. And if I do, I'm going to probably need your help. And I said, well, Hunter, I said, you know, really? I said, why do you want to go to CrossFit? I said, you've you've had such an amazing career in this obstacle course racing. He goes, well, what would be cool is I'm going to, I'm going to go do this thing. And then after that, I'm going to turn around and go to the, I'm going to try to win the, the world championships in OCR. I said, well, what's the timeline between? It's like about six or eight weeks between the two. And uh, I said, man, I said, do you realize how nearly impossible that's going to be? I said, you've been developing your body to be so fast twitch oriented and basically disrupting all the aerobic power and potential that you had in this sport. And now you're going to turn around and do this. I said, that's like insert. Why don't you give me something hard to do, Right. And, and he says to me, he goes, but if I do it, wouldn't that be just the coolest story? And I thought, yeah, I said, yeah, I guess it would. I said, I'm in, I'm in. I said, you, you you sold me on it. If if you can turn tail on, you know, having success in the games and then come back and be anywhere near the podium on one of the toughest competitions in obstacle course racing, that would be an amazing story. So Mm-hmm. i support him i i do and you, like you suggested a lot of people might think you know he's a loose cannon definitely a loose cannon but he's <laughs> he's no idiot he's no idiot he's he's, he's not anywhere near this oh, place you know i mean yeah i guess that's what <laughs> i was trying to say no well he as dumb as he portrays himself to be how about that you know some, yeah. sometimes he does stuff that you're like you got to be kidding me right but yeah, he's, insane. he's just having fun. He's just having, you know, he's a young guy. He's having fun and he's living the life. So um, I, I, don't, I don't want to take it away from him. I, I think that, uh, and again, your position and what you suggested makes perfect sense to me. If you were working your ass off to have a spot to compete, just handing it off to somebody else, that's kind of an unsavory thing to have to, to chew on. But as you suggested, they're going to give that slot to somebody. And if they're going to give it to somebody, I can't imagine anybody better than, than Hunter for that slot.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So I'm excited oh. for him too. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out there and probably watch him.
0: Right. So let's let people know how to find your stuff.
1: All right. So um, all, of, all of my stuff is on JimRyan.com. So it's G-Y-M-R-Y-A-N. Jim gym Ryan is like all things gym related, I like to call it, because I am a gym owner and I created a bunch of different workout programs i have nutrition challenges and all sorts of different things on there i also own a gym called crossfit chalk it's in newport beach california it's one of the premier gyms in the world we have thousands of online members that follow the programming that i put in that gym every day um i'm actually super blessed to have an online community that i have because i always wanted to have multiple gyms out there but now the online programming is simply enough for me where i Don't really ever want to have another gym because they're very hard to own and operate and this and that. So I do love the one space that I have. It is the premier space, and people travel all over the world just to come and work out there because it is the only one, which I actually kind of like more now than if I ever – even if I did have 10 gyms. So that's CrossFitChalk.com. You can find me on Instagram. It's Ryan Fish, R Y A N F I S C H. Ryan Fisher wasn't available, unfortunately. <laughs> Even though I've messaged him several times, and told him I would pay him for his name. But uh, yep, Ryan Fish, and then CrossFit Chalk is the IG handle for the gym, and that's pretty much all of my things right there.
0: So, what's the big program that you're that you're uh, offering up online right now? What's what's the one that most people really are digging into?
1: So, um, there's me and one other guy in the CrossFit space that kind of advocate like bodybuilding programs so like crossfit's you know very highly aerobic based and there's gymnastics programs and lifting programs and this and that but now crossfit's been around long enough where you get getting people who you know they kind of want to do something just a little bit different they kind of miss their bodybuilding days like 24-hour fitness and stuff like that so um it's kind of like a more functional bodybuilding approach so i still mix together some crossfit movements and I use some old journals from uh, this guy named Pat O'Shea from the 70s. It's called, like, Interval Weight Training. And I mix it together, and I call it Interval Bodybuilding. So kind of instead of HIT training, like the High Intensity Interval Training, I call it HIB, and it's High Intensity Interval Bodybuilding. And I'm the only one in the world doing it right now. So uh, my books sell incredibly well because of, it's a, such a unique little niche uh, group of training. And that's probably the biggest thing I have right now. People are going crazy over that. And um, – Besides that, I have this challenge called the Carb Cycling Challenge, and I give away thousands of dollars every month. And like all these people sign up, and the winner gets to fly out here to Orange County, work out with me at the gym, goof around, and do a bunch of fun stuff. How cool is that? And uh, I, I do one of those every month. Yeah, I'm super excited. Like they, they're they're so fun. And all the before and after photos after 30 days are just like out of control. I'll bet. So that's that's all on the website, and um, yeah, that's 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 my story right there all my things we're
0: going to get this training program that we developed out in people's hands and they're going to find that from you people think yep, that'll
1: be on jimryan.com
0: yeah so the people that are looking at me for this don't i'm just a supporting partner in this process <laughs> so uh but i'm excited i i really would be very curious to see how that goes i've been so endurance based for so many years and uh it's fresh it's something new for me to do Excited. by the way we are going to do my clinic June 14th through the 16th here, mm-hmm. Super Clinic. Really excited about having the stick mobility guys out. And we're going to get the the, uh, the drones in the sky to get some aerial videos of some 20-odd people in the middle of a field swinging those seven-foot orange poles. And that's going to be, talk about a kung fu movie, that's going to look so interesting. <laughs> But I'm very excited about that. Um, his name is Dennis Dumphy. He's the uh, the founder of Stick Mobility. An awesome adjunct to training. Obviously, you're welcome to come down if you want to do, Ryan. I think you have a good time with this. Uh, it's going to be Saturday on the 15th of June. Okay. And planning on doing a couple more clinics this year. I just haven't wrapped my head around what the dates are going to be like. I'm going to get past this one first and then we'll, we'll figure it all out. So what do we call it? let's, let's, uh, release what we're calling this program. It's, uh, the dark horse program, right?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's appropriate because in CrossFit, they always call the person that nobody knows about who's doing really well and could potentially, you know, make an impact on the scene, the dark horse. And, uh, I think if you understood this program and you could execute it effectively, you could be the dark horse of crossfit or you could be the dark horse of you know life your weekend warrior friend but you <laughs> just want to kick their ass <laughs> <laughs> exactly in the so i mean uh, this is going to be a really cool thing i think for everybody to, to understand and follow and, i mean who doesn't want to be more knowledgeable in everything that they're doing like if you like to work out then why wouldn't you want to be more knowledgeable if you like to run why wouldn't you want to learn how to run better i mean it's just this is, is going to be another thing to add in your quiver of knowledge
0: well, i got to tell you, I went in hard. I, I, I dropped in some really, really powerful stuff in that program as far as the, uh, the education goes. I mean, there's some stuff that's going to turn some heads out there. And I'm not even going to talk about it because uh, they're going to have to buy the program if they want to figure it out. Anyway, look, Orion, I am so pleased that I finally got this done. Yeah. And I'm yeah. looking forward to future business. We're going to get you in here and do that follow-up tutorial on Running Mechanics. And I'm—they're I'm, wearing me out on my site. They're wearing me out for where's where's the next one? What are we gonna to do to the next one?
1: So, uh, no, I can imagine.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna get that done, get it up, let people see it, and uh, it's all gonna be wonderful.
1: All right, thanks again for having me on. All right, buddy.
0: Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.